Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <clears throat> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. I am joined, of course, by Chris Harris Jr., all time Broncos cornerback, Super Bowl 50 legend. Chris, good to see you, man. How you doing? Doing good, man. Let's talk some ball. Let's talk some news. Yeah, we got some big Broncos news that came out today. Uh, former teammate of yours, Super Bowl 50 champion as well, Malik Jackson, has announced his retirement. Malik, of course, a huge part of the Super Bowl 50 team, went on to play with the Jaguars and the Browns. He has called it a career. Congratulations to Malik. Chris, I wanted to get your quick thoughts yeah. on this. Malik is a, a big dude. I, I would assume he was a, a big part of that yeah. locker room as well. You got a you got a favorite memory with Malik, a favorite story? Yeah. Man, Malik was always, you know, that that kind of silent swag guy. You know, he brought that that different swag to the D-line, you know. And when you, when you got a crazy guy like Wolf, and then you got a guy like kind of like a big sexy kind of, you know, <laughs> pause, you know, different type of flavor with Malik, you know. And uh, they work, they work, you know, it's like two opposites working in hand to hand. And yeah. uh, uh, they were able to just dominate up front, you know, being able to Malik was more of a, a pass rusher. You know, he was uh, able to just dominate the rush up front, be able to push the quarterback, uh, bring that bring that pressure to the quarterback's face, you know, and uh, have he was a great bat down. He, he was great at batting the balls down. And he was just a sleeper on our on our D line that always, you know, made always made a lot of big plays. And uh, c- congrats on his career, man. We was definitely sad to see him go, man. Yeah. He had to go get paid, but <laughs> uh, it was definitely uh, he was definitely a great player for us. Yeah, his story was a, a really unique one. You know, he he was one of those guys who, like you, also had to work really hard to. <laughs> really hard to to get yeah, to. Little cat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> Malik, congratulations on an amazing career and uh, best of luck in your retirement ventures. Uh, Chris, I wanted to talk the last episode. We talked about Pat Sertan being named the top cornerback in the NFL in a survey done among uh, NFL executives, coaches, players, GMs across the league. And ESPN also did one for safeties. Um, the, the Broncos did not have anyone in the edge rusher or lineback categories, which is sad to see from, you know, those days where we had those really impactful edge rushers, but Justin Simmons, the Broncos safety was named the third best safety in the league, according to ESPN and that survey, Chris, this is huge because Justin has really been one of those players throughout really his whole career. Who's been overlooked who really hasn't been mentioned among the top guys in that league only until recently and I I think that this is a really interesting aspect because the two guys ahead of him you know when you when you compare them side to side it's close for one of them it's not so close on the other one but I can understand why they would name these two players ahead of Justin but still Justin's impact on the field his impact off the field his consistency I mean he's missed what five games in the last four years that's pretty insane to think uh what are your thoughts on justin being named the third best safety in the league behind minka fitzpatrick and derwin james yeah 
I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, man, he, he, I mean, every year he's getting tons of interceptions. Yeah. Right. He's so, productive. you know, Jay's been uh, doing a solid, uh, he's been at a solid clip of getting interceptions too, you know. Yeah. Uh, with Derwin, man, it's just his effect all over the field. Being able to, I've been able to, I played with Justin and Derwin, yeah. you know, so being able to see it up close. And Derwin's just different, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think he's probably the, uh, He's the best safety, you know, to me, being able to play all over the field, his coverage skills. Yeah. Uh, he's just physically different, you know. Jay is Jay's a freak of nature, too, when it comes to, like, being a six six one six two safety. You know, he's very long. Yeah. He covers a lot of ground. He's hard to throw over when he's in that middle of the field, you yeah. know. Uh, so, Jay definitely is an impact player. Uh, just been, It's just hard for me to put him over Derwin, man, seeing <laughs> – well, only thing that Jay has very he's very consistent. Yeah. He's um he's on the field more, right? Um, you know, Derman's had a lot of injuries. He's missed a lot of games. Yeah. So if I want to give a knock right there, that would be it. Overall, uh Justin's rightly so. I think that one, two, three, they're all interchangeable, considering how what you want to use them, mm-hmm. right? Because the way the Chargers use Derwin, they don't use uh Jay's not getting used like that. Right. Right. You know, so they're 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 kind of different safeties and how they're they're played and how they're used. Mm-hmm. Uh so but if we're gonna say free safety, you would have to say Minka Fitzpatrick and uh Jay yeah. right there as the top spots. Yeah, well <clears throat> you mentioned it. Uh Derwin James, since twenty nineteen, he's played in thirty-four games, four interceptions, twelve pass breakups, five force fumbles, and six sacks. Uh Minka Fitzpatrick since 2019, 63 games, 17 interceptions, 38 pass breakups, four forced fumbles, no sacks, and three touchdowns. And then we compare that to Justin Simmons, 61 games, 20 interceptions, 43 pass breakups, three forced fumbles, and one and a half sacks since 2019. He does lead the league in interceptions. Minka got those touchdowns. Yeah. It, Mink, touchdowns. Minka's those are double. Minka's productive for sure. So yeah. I understand where – you know, yeah. having Minka at the top spot is understandable. Derwin, I can understand because he is an athletic freak and he really is all over the field. Yeah. And like you said, they use him in a multitude of different ways. You can use him in coverage. You can use him close to the line of scrimmage. You can use him as a blitzer, bring him off the edge. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get it. I think that Justin definitely is one of those, those really high-end safeties. His intelligence, uh, his sideline side to sideline awareness, uh, I mean, watching him grow since he came into the league and seeing how he's developed his game from being like a guy that's really just going to play that deep third to a guy that now you can bring him down in certain coverages and, and he can play the flats. Mm-hmm. He can play close to the line of scrimmage. He can be that run defending safety uh, instead of just a, a one tool type of guy. So uh, Justin's definitely had the impact on the field. But his impact off the field has been tremendous as well. He's done a lot for the community in Denver uh, and around the whole area. But I want to ask you, Chris, do you think that this is the year that Justin finally takes that next step and can be the top safety in the NFL? Yeah, I think uh, this year is the best year to do it, right? And uh, and um, they've added great pieces around them. I think they've improved the D-line. And uh, hopefully with Coach Joseph, he's going to be able to put him in uh, positions to be able to uh, 
Go make more interceptions. Hopefully the offense puts up more points. Yeah. You know, to where teams have to throw the ball a lot more. Yeah. Right? So uh, what their games are. Because if you watch Denver's games, Justin coming out with – well, he's the safety. So I, I, I think a good safety should have around three to four picks every year. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Because you're going to get some overthrows. You're going to get some tips. Mm-hmm. Right? You have vision on the quarterback. Yeah. Right. So I think that should be a standard, don't you think? Like yeah. as a safety, right? You should have around four picks, especially if you're at the the elite uh talent level as a Justin Simmons. Yeah. I so think- we, we want to see him take that ownership right there. Um I think the uh, Minka, he had those touchdowns. Yeah. So Jay, that's the next level, getting the end zone. Yeah. Right? Change yeah. the game. You gotta go score. Yeah. You know, and um uh that would be my challenge to him, getting the end zone, try to uh make impact plays uh to uh, put your team up and i think he has done that uh but let's let's uh to take that next level right to be number one in the league uh we see that he's getting a touchdown so we got to kind of match that so that that would be something because you are getting you got more interceptions yeah right so uh so you are productive so uh it's hard to say that um it's hard to say that he hasn't already taken over yeah you know over that spot in the secondary because you know, he's been consistent over the past four years, like you said. And, yeah. you know, he's been very highly productive. So he yeah. just has to continue to do what he's doing. Yeah, staying on the field, staying healthy. I mean, it, he's consistently been one of the the most con- the most consistent players uh, in terms of health. Yeah. You know, he, he's very awfully injured. So um, I hope that we see Justin take that next step. You know, we keep taking we keep talking about like these guys taking that next step when they've been producing you know but but with him over the course of his career it has been like okay this is the year we take that next step in our in our development right from this rookie season to his second season it was okay let's adjust let's develop and adjust to the nfl game from that season to the next season it was okay let's adjust in our uh, let's get better in our coverage skills next season next season it's let's get better tackling let's get better with this and that so each year he's been putting it together and i think this year, these next two years is really going to be where we see those puzzle pieces kind of come together and form the best safety in the league, which should be Justin Simmons. So, Chris, I want to move on from, you know, Justin being named the third best safety in the NFL to a guy that a lot of people are hoping breaks out for the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Last season, this guy was one of the draft picks that I was a little on the fence about. I didn't think that we needed it in that position, but we had just traded away Noah Fant. We had another guy at this position who was really athletic, but he was dealing with some injury stuff. Greg Dulcich, the Broncos' second-year tight end, was named by The Athletic as the Broncos' breakout player for 2023. Do you think that this is the right choice? Do you think that Dulcich is the guy that we should be looking at to have that breakout type of season. Uh, I wouldn't choose him just because I expect uh what's the other tight end's name? He's the big. Uh, he has a weird last. His long last name. Uh, Albert Okwebenam. Yeah, I, I expect him to you know be that tight end guy yeah. that has a big year. You yeah. know, that's the tight end that I'm choosing within this offense. Uh, just using his big body. Um, seeing how uh, Sean Payton's going to be able to use him yeah. um, in the space, you know, in the seams, in the middle of the field, making easy throws, you know, with Russell Wilson. 
I think he's going to be very useful. Yeah. Uh, I also think uh, Williams, I think he's going to be a great, uh, make a big impact this year at the running back spot. Yeah. So hopefully that would be my guy to be the breakout player on the offense. Um, seeing that he can, he can run routes and um, be able to run that ball. So um, the games that he was, when he was healthy, he's been very productive. Yeah. And so I, I hope, I'm hoping that he's the breakout guy. Yeah. And then uh, the other big boy, you know, that we have at tight end, you know, hopefully he's a problem because he has the size and the ability to uh, to go make plays. So that that's the guy I would choose. I think they were kind of do doing like a you know a big a big bet, you yeah. know, with with the uh, with the Yeah, yeah. I think Dulcich has a chance. Dulcich, Watching yeah, Dulcich. him at UCLA, uh, mm-hmm. he he he's a converted wide receiver, so he does a lot of things well, but he's still kind of trying to get used to playing the tight end position and and you can tell this uh in, in his in blunt in his inline blocking you can tell this uh by his route running but his i mean his spatial awareness is great uh, he really came on later in the season and developed a pretty good relationship with russell with russell wilson so i yeah. think that there's an opportunity i definitely want to see alberto involved more in the offense really what it comes down to is is his effort um, last year, there were a lot of hopes. I mean, when we saw Nathaniel Hackett was going to be the head coach, we were like, okay, like we're going to get the tight ends more involved. But then all of a sudden, Albert O is inactive for like 10, 12 weeks. Like what's going on? What's the deal? Right. And now he hasn't been let go. He hasn't been traded. He's still on the roster. There's still an opportunity for him to grow within this offense. And I think that there's definitely, like you said, Chris, there's an opportunity for him to be getting those seam plays. We saw this with, yeah. we saw this with Jeremy Shockey. We saw it with Jimmy Graham. Sean Payton knows how to utilize every single one of his offensive players, and tight end is no exception. Yeah. I think with Dulcich and his abilities, I think he's a much better blocker after the catch or after the run. Um, as far as blocking mm-hmm. in space, he's really good at stock blocking, which is something that you love to see, but that's the wide receiver coming out in him. So I, I think he can be really successful in this offense. What I would love to see is I would love to see these two, three tight end sets where you have Dulcich, you have Okwebenam, and then you have Manhurts or Troutman, one of those two dudes who's your inline blocker. And then you utilize... Mm-hmm. Dulcich on on the vertical, you utilize Oak Wavenom on the outbreaking routes on the corners, you know, in the in the red zone. That's going to be huge. That's where they need the most help because those touchdowns these last yeah. few years have been way way down, and we need them to be way way up. So let me ask you this: right. This is Albert's last year uh, under contract. Dulcich going into his second year. Do you think that Dulcich is the tight end of the future, or do you think? that there's a chance that maybe Okwebenam has that breakout year and they re-sign him for the long term. Uh, that would be my bet is to hopefully um, Okwebenam has a great year and he's he's that tight end for the future. Yeah. The thing about in Denver, we always had a solid tight end. Yeah. Right? Even with Peyton, we had, you know, Julius Thomas was putting up big numbers. Yeah. Right. Uh, Owen Daniels came in, Joe Dreesen. Yeah. Uh, Tammy, we always had some solid tight ends, right, that can move the chains. And we just hadn't had that, you know, over the last, you know, seven years. Yeah. You know, it's been a while since we've had real per- solid productivity 
a safety net. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know that tight end is always that safety net. Fant wasn't it uh, for the quarterback. Yeah, wasn't and it. that wasn't Fant's role. No, um, he. That's not. He. He's not that type of tight end that no. we've had in Denver. And um, uh, that's what they need. Russell needs that guy. You know, if even if he might be covered, you know, he's he has a big body. I might. I can fit that in there. I can trust that this. He. He could be my safety net. Yeah. And that's what he needs across that middle. And uh, hopefully these these are what, what we're going with in the season, yeah. right? So uh, hopefully these guys can step up and um, make it known out here because that's what Mahomes has. He has that safety net. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of these quarterbacks around the league, you know, uh, Mark Andrews, you know, yeah. these guys are very good safety nets for their quarterback. And move the chains. Keep the flow of the game going for yeah. you. You know what I mean? So it doesn't always uh, need to be that's a home what you need. It, it doesn't always need yeah, to be Yeah, you know what I mean? Ball. Yeah, yeah. Take some time off this clock. Manage the game. Yeah. And um, when you have guys like that, that's what you need. So that's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully, Russell can get that this year. And uh, we do need. We haven't had that consistency at the tight end position. So no, we in a long time. So that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, Julius had that you know couple great seasons there in Denver, and then you know he also went to Jacksonville to get paid, which you know more power to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, even those teams, they had consistency with Tammy and Daniels and Dreesen. Uh, those were yeah. big time players that in a pinch could Peyton could rely on them. And we saw that in the AFC yeah. championship game. I mean, who Owen Daniels was the, the hero. Owen oh, Daniels was, was balling versus the Patriots. He was balling. Like he was killing Jamie Collins. Man. And, and that's, <laughs> that's the kind of production that you need is, is just someone who, yeah you know, who does their job, you know, they open up holes in the run game. They, they're able to take away linebackers and safeties attentions for, a, you know, a player. So, but when you get All into right. it, and this is why I think this is the Sean Payton effect coming back. This is a guy who understands chess at the, yeah. at the highest level. This is the guy who knows how to utilize certain matchups and take advantage of those types of matchups to get the result that he wants so I think having a guy like Okawebenam, who's six four, can run a you know a, a four six forty, you know yeah. with with just tremendous size and athleticism, and then having a guy like Dulcich, who is you know six two six three, bigger bigger frame, but still uber athletic. Those are the type of guys that you want to have in those situations where okay, Judy's covered, you know, Court's been covered, Tim's not getting it done for us we can rely on the tight end position. So hopefully, right. you know, Dulcich is that dude. Uh, you know, I know you said Albert Okwebenom and, and Javante Williams are your breakout players on offense. I think that those are fantastic choices. I really hope to see Javante back and healthy. But who's your breakout player real quick on the defensive side of the ball? I know we've talked a little bit about this before, but I want to know who's that breakout guy that you're really looking for on the Broncos defense? Well, the guy that we do need, uh, we need Mathis. Yeah. Know, whoever's opposite DeMar. of Sertan. Yeah. That's just who I'm going to say. Whoever's <laughs> opposite of Sertan, we need him to have a breakout year. Yeah. Right? Because uh, we don't – unless Sertan's following, which I think he will be. Yeah. Right? He's definitely going to probably follow Adams. Uh, uh, it's hard to follow anybody on the Chargers because they have – they're all interchangeable. Yeah. Right? You can – they're all – ones or twos right so yeah there's no point to really follow versus them 
But uh, we he's probably going to be moving around. So whoever is opposite of uh, Sertan, we need them to be the breakout, have a breakout year on defense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, make it, make it, make them throw at Sertan. Yeah. Right. So Definitely. he can be able to uh, make them pay. And I, I, I expect Williams to be solid. Yeah. He's always been a solid um, nickel in, in um, uh, his throughout his career. So I suspect him to play solid. So whoever's opposite of Sertan, that's the guy that we need to have a breakout year. Definitely. I, for me, you know, my my breakout player on the defense definitely has to be Baron Browning. I think that this is a guy like mm-hmm. for us to not have any real threats at edge. I mean, they bring in Frank Clark. We're still waiting on Randy Gregory. You know, Baron's going to start the season on PUP, which is fine. But like we need him to come back and we need him to produce like right away because we got to have those yeah. like you've said before and again those three, four pass rushers that are really, really just honed in on bringing pressure for the defense. So, Chris, this brings us to my favorite part of the show, the no-fly zone. I have seen a lot of posts in my semi-pro football group on Facebook (laughs) talking about drip in the semi-pro form and and none of these guys have drip i'm gonna just say it none of them have none of them any style when it comes to you know putting a putting an outfit together for you know for games none of these guys have any sense of what it is but they think they do so i want to ask you and, and we talked in the last episode about chains you know we talked about crab cheese chains and i i just i want to know who on the Super Bowl 50 team had the best drip? Man, everybody had chains. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start right there. So everybody had chains. You'll be surprised, man, who has – DeMarcus Ware has the most, like, bracelets and Ooh. watches that you'll ever – like, you you can't even imagine how many watches this guy. <laughs> this guy loves – he collects watches, Right. So man, being around D Ware, he made me step my watch game up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh being around him, you know, of course Vaughn and Talib, you know, Talib came in with tons of jewelry. Yeah, you know, when he came to Denver. And uh so, but th- that's just one guy that you'll be surprised. Yeah. Right. That's a good that, one. I don't I don't you know, think a lot of people, lot of people wouldn't know. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, we all saw Vaughn, you know, he had the outfits. You know, I, I feel like that year, like that. He wear has this stuff, but he's not flashing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's being real. You know, he has it though, man. So he's good. Uh, he's, he's a guy that I would it. say, man. Like, yeah. Like, it, it's just little thing. The subtle, you know, the subtle flash, the subtle diamonds, you know. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. I, I mean, I remember that 20, was that that 2015, 2016 year where it's like, you had Cam Newton coming out and all the crazy outfits and and then Vaughn was yes. Vaughn had Vaughn had his own set of outfits and then you know seeing all your guys' pictures on Instagram coming from the plane. I feel like yeah. McManus, I feel like Brandon has yeah. like a crazy wardrobe that rivals just about anybody in the NFL. What, what do you think about that? Is is yeah. McManus one of those dudes that was like always threaded out? Man, we had it was like a secret competition, man. Who's gonna be the cleanest, you know, on the plane, you know? And I don't know if a lot of teams do that, but like we were having like a real photo shoot outside the plane every game, you know. 
Yeah. Who's gonna be the who's gonna have the cleanest suit? <laughs> you know, everybody would be outside. So I don't I don't remember any like teams like really doing it like that. How we I, I kind of think we kind of started that really as go. like a team, you know. And um, you know, it was like a competition every week. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if they still do it now. Oh, you yeah. know, but I, I seen Jada stepped his game up. Jada yep. stepped his game up. Yep. Yeah, uh, he, he, he uh, had that plaid. Suits, I got a lot of suits from that guy. He had the plaid, yeah. suit, like it was like the maroon and black plaid suit. I was like, Whew. yeah, clean. Yeah, that guy. Uh, he makes a lot of great suits. He's out of New York. Um, but yeah, man, I seen Jay step his game up. Kareem, Kareem, be clean, yeah. man. He has a lot of nice suits, yeah. a lot of uh, good fits together. Uh, but yeah, man, we had a. It was a lot of great competition. Emmanuel, yeah, Emmanuel, yeah. DT, oh, yeah. you know, they always. So they, them boys try to come with it, man, every week. So it was always great competition, man. Yeah. And it was good to see B Mac because you usually special teamers they don't really care, you know. <laughs> they just, you know, don't really. They just wear whatever. <laughs> T-shirt and flip flops. You know? Yeah, but yeah. B Mac, man, he took it serious. You know, he made sure the special teams came. We're gonna come clean too. Yeah. So it was a great competition. That's that's awesome to hear and and you know what i i think you're right i think you guys are the the ones that really started that whole trend because now that's all we see like week in week out coming yeah. to the game getting on the plane you know we all they always put an emphasis on oh what are these guys wearing before the games i i think you know right. we've seen travis kelsey and and his outfits before games and you know he'll have the louis bag and and he's got the glasses on but I always laugh because they'll show him and then they'll show Jason and Jason's in like a t-shirt with his belly hanging out and like shorts and flip-flops. And I'm like, that's an offensive lineman. So we talked about right. who had the best drip. Now I want to know, like we, we talked about music taste in the last couple episodes. Now I want to talk about food taste. There had to be someone on the Broncos during your time who had a, really strange weird taste in food and i gotta know who it was the weirdest food man i would probably have to say it would be vaughn vaughn again yes his chef would make him like the most plainest food <laughs> ever man what did what did he say he would eat that every day he wouldn't even eat that a lot of times he wouldn't even eat the cafeteria food at something he was just really? eating his own little meal so Wolf kind of eats, Wolf eats, I would say Wolf eats pretty normal, but man, Wolf, everything is rare with Wolf. I'm like, like come on, Wolf, you got to cook it just a little bit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I would say, I would say Wolf, Vaughn, they had some crazy meals uh, that I can remember right yeah. now. Yeah. Other than that, uh, other than that, yeah, man, I'm like, Wolf, man, you got to cook it just a little bit longer, family. <laughs> Leave it on the grill for at least two more minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's why I, I'll <laughs> never forget the Yvonne quote of, uh, you, you don't put, you don't put regular in a Ferrari. That's like his saying after, uh, after the ACL tear. Um, but for, okay. For you though, what's the weirdest food that you have ever tried? Or are you someone who doesn't like to try like weird and extravagant things? Did I lose you? You there, Chris? Oh, no.
All right, you there? Oh no, am I here? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I'm back. No worries. <clears throat> All right, come on. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, for you, was there any was there any food that you have tried in your in your life that you were like, I wouldn't eat this regularly, but I'll try it. Man, ooh, that's a. I, I, when it comes to food, man, I haven't been one of those guys that are that tries everything, right? So I would say uh, probably some crazy sushi, man. Yeah, probably. Sushi. Well, I've had to try. My wife is part Filipino, so she's made me try a whole bunch of different types of Filipino food. I can't remember go. the names. So I would say, um, but actually, it's been turned out pretty good. I think it's something called. Have you heard of menudo? Have you heard, ever heard of that? I have something heard like- of menudo. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. So um trying that. That was that's been that's probably something uh culturally outside my yeah. box that I've tried. That's pretty, been pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I, I think that the weirdest <laughs> weirdest thing that I have ever tried was the eyeball of a lamb. And I tried it on Greek Easter. They they roast the lamb over fire and they were like good, you gotta, you, the lamb was the lamb was fantastic. But they were yeah. like, you have, you got to try an eyeball. Like it's, you just have to do it. And I was like, <laughs> I'll try anything once. And it was, it was really weird. It wasn't a, t- I wouldn't ever do it again, but it it was just a really weird taste. So interesting. That'd be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, not great. It, not great. That's how it tasted. <laughs> um, okay. Last thing here. Uh, I, I want to wrap this up with, uh, one moment that you wish you could change from your time in Denver could be a play, could be a, a game, could be a season. One moment that you wish you could change. Oh man, my second year in the league, losing that Baltimore game, man. <laughs> I wish I could like tell them like get stand back get like back. 20, 20 yards deeper, you Stay know, back. like or let's bring extra defense to the left side. So you know, Flacco can't roll to the right. So, you know, I, I mean, that's some that that game definitely still hurts, man. What, so, what was that would be my that would be my thing. What was game. that call? Was it was it like yeah. two? Was it six? Like I because like look yeah. when I look back at that play, and I see I, I see Jacoby go, and I can't remember who the corner yeah. was on that side. Um, yeah, Tony Carter. Yeah, yeah, it was Tony, Tony. It was Tony Carter. So Carter's eyes were still down, and he it, it looked yeah. like he was trying to push outside, but keep his eyes towards the flat. So what that told me was that's either two, or it's because yeah. I couldn't see the backside. So it's either two or six, right? So yeah, but then Raheem wasn't that deep, so I was like, is yeah. is this? Are we clouding this? What like what is what was that call? What was that yeah. coverage like? Uh it was called cover two, it was called cover two cloud uh three tent. Okay. So um it was like a cover two and a cover three. Gotcha. So we had a safety over the right hash, a safety in the middle, mm-hmm. and another safety over the left hash that nothing's supposed to get deeper than them. Yeah. So Raheem only had that hash. So um, that was only his responsibility was to really just nothing behind on that hash on that side of the field be deeper than you. Yeah. Uh, some people, you know, kind of go went hard on Tony, 
right? Because yeah, you know, cover two, you kind of get a reroute. But he did his um, job. He pushed a lot. You see a lot of times in corner. You see a lot of times in corner. You know, they might not. We'll kind of sink deeper. Yeah. Instead of rerouting right there, you know, because we expect that safety to be extra deep, especially you're in a uh, a three tent. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm uh, the nickel, and me and the linebackers, we're we're in the poach in there. Like I'm in the area guarding the digs, yeah, and things like that. You know, not buying the cheese, making sure I stay in the seam area. The that's kind of my, yeah, that's that was my role right there. So I'm looking back, just like, no, you know, because <laughs> it's like, Slow no, motion. that was just crazy. So, yeah, it, the, it seemed like the whole soul. Of the stadium just left. It did. Right. I've never I've never felt anything like that in a in a game. Like yeah. the whole crowd just like was dead. It was hard to come back and play overtime. It was. Yeah. And uh and I think we went double overtime. Yep. I can't remember. <laughs> yep. But like it was hard to come back and play after that, man. Yeah. We had to like regroup, get our minds right, like yeah. let that go. It was hard to come back. So that would be one of the hardest times, man. Yeah. Definitely uh, in a game. Yeah, that I think that was the game too, where they called that. It was a pi on champ. That was just a really, it was a really ticky yeah. call, and it put them in better field position. And yeah, that that was a rough. And we had a bust on that play. Yeah, that wasn't leaving champ. Uh, if you watch the game, champ was like this the whole time. He he didn't get the call. Yeah. So um, he when we went know. back and watched the game. Champ was really supposed to be two man under. Mm-hmm. Right, and the dude ran a slant. Oh, they weren't gonna run no slant on Champ if he would have known that he was yeah. he had a chance to play trap coverage right there. Yeah, they would have even threw it at Champ. Mm-mm. Right, so that was like we just blew that. That was miscommunication right there <sighs> on on how Champ even got that pi. Right, so <sighs> man, it was a tough game. Man, it was definitely a tough game. We had some couple key mistakes at the end yeah. for sure well maybe sometime soon you know we'll do a little live stream or something like that where we can go over some of those key plays in the game and and yeah have fans man i went in. off that game too you man. did i can't believe we lost <laughs> that was one of the man. hardest games for me to watch as a fan you know d- during those years too when man. uh is the the explosion after that right we had tebow yeah throwing the touchdown to DT. That was really what like set the whole chain reaction off. Right. And, and all right. those years and all those games that were so meaningful for fans and for you guys as well, watching, watching that ball yeah. fly over Raheem was like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> it was, crushing. man, that's the worst play, man. It was crushing. And yeah. then, you know, Indianapolis, I think was the next year. And, uh, yeah. or the year after that it, it was very soon after that but yeah man it that's a tough uh tough game definitely a moment that i think all of broncos country would love to change forever because yeah i i'm just gonna say it i'm pretty sure you guys would beat the 49ers in the super bowl i'm just saying oh yeah easily I'd, yeah you and know. then i think who what we had played well, we had played uh, the the Patriots would have had to come to Denver. Yes, the Patriots would have had. I believe that's correct. Yeah, and Brady does not play well in Denver at nah. all. So mm-hmm. that would have been like that would have been just another epic Patriots. That would have been an down. epic game right there. <laughs> you know, like 
that was that yeah. was the one that that really just stung the most because we knew we knew what this team was and we knew that it was going to happen so uh yeah definitely i don't think they could have got us man i think we could have got tom brady that no. year no they they weren't. and we weren't losing to no kaepernick no i no. don't believe that no that's 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 the whole thing yeah. is is you guys definitely definitely would have beat the uh 49ers i'm looking real quick to see who would have yeah it was the patriots so the patriots would have had to go to denver and uh that you guys would have won that game and then you would have gone on and beat the 49ers you would have seen beyonce play at the super bowl man that would have been <laughs> that would have been man insane. we don't even get to watch it but hey man that would have been <laughs> new orleans i know man, man i would that was just that was crazy so that that's that's my uh worst time in denver right there for sure right there just being able but being able to come back and win so i'm glad we redeemed ourselves thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube